Satsang podcast by Sri. Mind is your enemy, mind is your friend. As a meditator, you've now begun to observe your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, and to also observe that which is the knower of your mind, your thoughts, and your emotions. So let's first start with observing the mind, the thoughts, and the emotions. As soon as you begin to observe your mind, you notice that thoughts are created, are formed into desires, wishes, wants, preferences, ideas, movement, into that which you think will bring happiness and satisfaction and fulfillment. This is the nature of the mind. So as the yogi, as the meditator, you begin to notice this functioning of your mind. If you allow your mind, your thoughts, your emotions to guide you, then your mind is your enemy. Because here you are in deep sleep, perfectly fine, perfectly satisfied, perfectly fulfilled, although we can't even say you're satisfied or fulfilled because the mind isn't there to say that. But you wake up and there's your mind and you say, I slept well, which means that you slept in a state where you were fine. There was no problem there. There was no sense of any urgency, no sense of any desire, no sense of any pain in the physical body, no sense of disease, and also no sense of satisfaction, happiness, ease. There was just no sense at that time. So you were fine. This is why people like to sleep, because it's a break. It's a break from the mental functioning, from the mind, the thoughts, the emotions that arise in the mind. So then, as the watcher, as the observer, as the meditator, you can begin to watch that the nature of your mind and your thoughts is such that sometimes the thinking, the emotions are good or positive or wonderful, and other times when you don't get your preference met, when some idea based on some condition, concept, belief is not satisfied, it can be a certain situation that you wanted that didn't happen, a certain person that said something to you that you didn't like, a certain person that you want to spend time with that maybe doesn't want to spend as much time with you, or the time in the same way that you do. Of course, in relationships, this comes up even with small things, with married couples especially. Differences of how to deal with the kitchen and the cooking and the food situation, how to deal with the house, the finances, the children, how to discipline or not discipline, and so on and so forth. This is all based on conditions. This is all based on concepts, beliefs, that have been developed throughout your life. So we begin to observe the mind and it creates a desire, it creates a thought, nothing wrong, this is what the mind does. It starts to function in this way as soon as you wake up in the morning. In the scriptures this is called vasana, meaning that you now begin to live in the field of your mind, in the field of the mind, which means in the field of desire, in the field of mental emotional functioning. 
So now your eye, which was totally established in its source during deep, deep sleep, there was no mind there to function in any way. Now you say you woke up. So that eye, still forever established in pure being, begins to believe that it's this mental functioning, begins to believe now I am this mind, I am this body, I am identified as this person, name, qualifications. Just like as if you went to drive your car and for that time you thought you were your car. The car is just your vehicle, your tool. And you don't just exist in the car. You exist before you were in the car, after you were in the car. So, same with the human functioning, the human system, the human body. When this eye is placed on the body, mind, functioning, then your victim, actually a victim, we can use that strong of word because that's what it is. You're a victim to your mental concepts. Your mind is your enemy because now you're a victim to whatever thoughts come up in your mind. Things go your way, you feel great. No problem there, you don't feel like a victim. You feel wonderful. Things don't go your way, then you feel you've been wronged. You're not getting what you want. Now the mind keeps functioning this way, trying to find satisfaction. And if you notice, and if you observe the mind, you'll notice that even in a situation that's completely out of your control, the mind will keep holding on to those thoughts, those situations, hoping that somehow the mind can find a solution. If I say something, if I do something, if I act in a certain way, can I change the situation? If I write a letter, if I talk to the person, if I cry, if I th make threats, so many ways to whatever extreme the mind will try to get what it wants. Nothing wrong, because again, this is how the mind functions. This is how the vehicle functions, just like you don't expect your car to boil your water to make your tea. You don't expect your car to be an elevator and raise you up to a, a higher floor. You know how your fun car functions. You know how to put the fuel in. You know how to change your oil. You know how to do whatever you need to do to get the car running as best as possible. Same thing with your physical body. Not to make the comparison, <laughs> only that a body is like completely like a car. We know it's a human being, which has a lot of power, which has a lot of ability which has a lot of intelligence that doesn't exist alone in the car. But it's a matter of how you use that intelligence. Do you want your mind to be your enemy? Do you want to be victim to your mind? And for most human beings, they don't know anything else. So this is how they live their life, trying to accumulate more, 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 get what they want, satisfied, have the right vacations, have the right family, have the right education for their children, and on and on and on. So, as a meditator, this is a different state. Because as a meditator, you begin to observe the three states of consciousness. So when you were in deep sleep, you were fine. When you began to dream, you were dreaming all kinds of different images and pictures and situations. Somebody died in the dream, somebody was born in the dream, you were on a bus, you were on a train, this happened on the bus, this happened on the train, this happened in the airplane. 
This happened in the situation. Sometimes they seem like logical situations. Other times they seem totally illogical. And this is the dream state. But the one who is dreaming is never affected by the dreams. And you know this when you wake up from the dream and see that whatever happened in the dream, whatever situation was there, you were still fine. Even if you died in the dream, you wake up. Someone you love died. They're still there. So whatever situations go on in the dream, you realize when you wake up that you're still there. Same with deep sleep. All was peaceful, all was fine, no problem was there. And when you go into the waking state, there you are again. And if someone were to call your name, even in deep sleep, your telephone would ring, you would hear it, you would awaken, so you're still there. Same in the dream, you're still there. But now the yogi wants to observe a higher state, what we call the fourth state of consciousness, the meditative awareness. Because we begin to notice when we meditate, when we observe that I as totally pure, free, and forever, then similarly to deep sleep, you are fine. The thoughts are happening, possibly or not happening, in your mind, but you remain pure, free, forever. However, the nature of the mind <coughs> is tenacious. The mind is so tenacious that it'll keep dwelling on certain thoughts. Now we can observe that whatever thoughts you might have dwelled on last year, five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, they've gone now. They're not affecting you anymore. There's no effect from those thoughts. Those situations have changed. So first you observe that the mind changes, the situation changes, people change. It's the field of change. This is the first step in making your mind into your friend rather than into your enemy, knowing that it's the changing field. The mind is the changing field. The you that you were in deep sleep didn't change. That you, that knower, that pure being, that consciousness pure, is forever free and forever pure. So, therefore, when the mind starts to engage in such thoughts that you know are not useful, that you know are not helpful, that are destructive, such emotions, situation happens, the system reacts, can't be helped. The body like the car, you don't put good gas in the car, it's going to sputter. You don't change your oil, different things might begin to break down within your car. So in the same way in the physical system, you have wrong food, you don't get enough sleep, somebody says something, it affects your nervous system, the reaction is there. But you, the knower, have not changed. Just like in the dream, these different situations occur, they appear from that pure consciousness, the creative intelligence is infinitely creative, the mind is an infinite field of thoughts, the emotions arise and they fall just like waves in the ocean. So as long as your eye is identified as that mind with those changing emotions, you will get stuck in them. And again, the nature in the mind 
it's, is that it's tenacious. It'll keep holding on to a thought, trying to get what it wants, just like the stubborn little kid that's not getting what it wants and throws a tantrum. Well, the adult has another way of throwing a tantrum, whether it's manipulation, whether it's passive aggression, whatever reaction you have, anger towards someone, it's the mind's way of trying to get what it wants, thinking, believing that it needs this thing, it needs this person, it needs this happening, it needs this money in order to be fulfilled, in order to be satisfied. And we can't make anything wrong with that because we want everybody to be happy, everybody to be satisfied, everybody to be fulfilled. Everyone on earth should be happy, fulfilled, easy. And certainly you yourself should be happy, fulfilled, and easy. However, if the mind is your enemy, it'll never take you there. If the mind is your friend, however, then you begin to realize that if you continue to put your attention on that mental functioning only, rather than using it as a car to move yourself from point A to point B, to take you from here to there, to interact with people, to enjoy through the senses, to breathe the beautiful air, see the beautiful flowers, hear the beautiful sounds. When it's used purely for that and not as a vehicle to bring about suffering and not as a vehicle even to bring about happiness because there are the pairs of opposites. If you have one, you're going to have the other. Rag and dwesh, attachment, aversion. As soon as you become attached to someone, you're needing them for your satisfaction. At some point, you're going to get mad at them. You're going to have dwesh, aversion, because you're dependent on that now. Then your mind is your enemy. So, how to get free? That's what we're talking about again and again in these satsangs, in these podcasts, because the mind needs to be reminded of this again and again. The mind actually needs to be purified from its tendencies to always go towards the pain and suffering, to always go towards the problematic state. You see this so often with the way people communicate. It's almost like a constant barrage of problems, sickness, medications, family problems, difficulties. This is the functioning that the mind can get into and it's only going to bring you more pain, more suffering rather than seeing the beauty, the joy, all the things that are happening that are right, that are divine, the mind tends to, can tend to fun- to focus on that which is negative. So, as the yogi, we have to not allow the mind. We have to not pay attention. We maybe can't stop those thoughts from coming because they just come as if from nowhere. We've talked about vritti, it's that movement of consciousness. It just arises like a wave, like a bubble from nowhere. So we maybe can't stop that from happening, but we can not give it our energy, not give it our attention. We can instead know that I am not that. I am the one who is forever. I am the one who is pure. I am the one who is free. So the meditator now doesn't even get stuck in observing the mind in a psychological way and trying to rearrange the thoughts and the behaviors to have the perfect situation because we know that's also limited. 
the meditator instead begins to meditate, begins to put the attention on I as the sky, I as the one who is forever pure and free. Then the same mind that was your enemy now becomes your friend because the mind can never grasp fully the nature of the self, the source, the knower, but it can be directed to that source, to that knower. Just like the car can never fly, but you can control its speed, you can control its direction. So we now begin to place the mind on Amaramham Maduramham, Amaramham Maduramham. And I, as I repeat this mantra, Amaramham Maduramham, observe your mind. Is your attention on Amaramham Maduramham? I am forever pure, I am forever free, I am immortal, I am blissful. Or does your attention keep going to those thoughts, trying to hold on to them, trying to arrange the mind in a way that can bring you more satisfaction, trying to see how you can control your situation, other people in your life, through your thoughts, through your actions, through your deeds. If your mind is functioning in that way, which it will, then you know, you have to know 100% it is absolutely not going to bring you what you want. Because if you have any iota of belief that that mind is going to ultimately create your satisfaction fully, then you'll keep going for the mind and not going for the self. So that's the first step. You have to know that the mind can be made into your friend, can be purified from that mental type of thinking in the waking state that will always bring you happiness and unhappiness, elation and pain, good and bad. So the mind doesn't stop functioning the life continues as it does in a flow of that consciousness, but you can remain established in you. You can be re remain established in that me that is the sky, that is Amaramham and Maduramham. So I'll continue to repeat the mantra a full few times to release you from the mental functioning. This needs to be repeated over and over and over again because it's been a lifetime or lifetimes of identification with the mind and body. Lifetime of believing you were born and then you're going to die. And fulfilling desires and then getting closer and closer to that day when you will no longer be as a human being in this physical form. So, rather than waiting to the very end to get free from this form, to get free from these ideas, and spending a lifetime of trying to achieve goals, desires, getting some and not getting some, and yet never feeling completely satisfied. We change the direction of the mind. The functioning still continues of the body. Still work to take care of your body, do the most for your health and your happiness, and for those around you. 
but you remain uninvolved, like the lotus sits on the water. Roots go down to the soil, but the water never gets, the lotus never gets wet. It just remains above the water. It never sinks below the surface. So you, as Amaram Ham, Maduram Ham, can meditate on that sound vibration, which is the sound of you, the immortal and blissful being, and become established in that. So as I repeat the mantra, notice, watch, check. Are you again becoming a mind and a body just to try to get free from it? Or are you establishing yourself in the one who never sees duality, who never sees suffering, who never sees happiness, who never sees pain, who never sees anything other than who you are, just vast and pure and free like the sky. Amaram ham, maduram ham, amaram ham, maduram ham, amaram ham, maduram ham, amaram ham, maduram ham, amaram ham, maduram ham. Amaram ham, maduram ham, amaram ham, maduram ham, amaram ham, maduram ham, amaram ham, maduram ham.